The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is powered by theflycrate.com, an online fly shop. Join the Quarterly Fly Club today, your source for all things fly fishing. And wait for it films. For action-packed fly fishing videos and camera-related content, check out Wait For It Films on YouTube or at www.theweightcreativeco.com. And Broken Tippet Fly Company. Blog and fishing apparel and accessories. Check them out online at brokentippet.com. You, you, you are listening. You are listening. You are listening to the Fly Fishing ninety seven podcast. Okay, well, <laughs> that's um, that's a tough one. That's a very difficult one, Mark. And the reason is because so many different things. Um, I I got experience of fishing in the Bahamas in South Andreas for bonefish, and we went to a fishing lodge where everything was wild fishing. It was amazing, an amazing place. People were arriving in helicopters. It's exclusively designed for eight guests. guests. And they just, they were amazing. And you just talk about fishing, go on fishing. And that's how I visualize. So I wake up in this morning in this amazing Caribbean sunrise. And you see the boats, the guys getting the boats ready and you are having some amazing food just outside. Get out in the water, super high waves. Those boats, super powerful. Really good people around you, locals. They do anything for that tip that you are going to give them at the end of the day. And they love fishing. So it's not just about the money, it's about the passion for fishing and it's for the passion to get you the fish. So off you go, wherever they take you, and you stand there, calm water, get in the water, nothing happens, super blue and green water. Beautiful, nothing to see around. Maybe you see the old shark and then the fish go hairy and you run to the other side and the shark follows you, but it's okay, it's all worth it. You are gonna catch a bone fish. <laughs> and then you cast this line, you, you're casting, casting all the time, and you see a shoal of fish passing. You just see like a cloud, like a dark cloud in the water, and you cast to it, and you retrieve super fast. And then you get that fish come taking the fly. You actually see the mouth of the fish. It's there close enough, taking the fly. And you, you cannot strike, because that's the thing. You cannot strike. You need to let the fish take it. And you're sweating cold just waiting for it to happen when you actually are able to strike. That's amazing. You fish all day, you have a lovely lunch on an island somewhere, and then you get back to the shore, they receive in the water with some little wet towels. So nice with a beer, and then you talk about fishing, and you do that for seven days straight. That's one of my best experiences of fishing. The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by The Fly Crate. The Fly Crate is an online fly shop where you can save more on flies and gear. Shop between hundreds of unique flies and join the quarterly fly club for hand-picked fly assortments for each season. Exclusively for our podcast listeners, you can save an additional 10% on The Fly Crate.
by using the code FLYFISH97. Go to theflycrate.com and use the code FLYFISH97 at checkout to save 10%. If you're looking for a hunting and fishing podcast that celebrates wild food ingredients and how to acquire them, check out the Food Afield podcast. We take you into the field with us while we adventure for food in the backcountry. The focus is on traditional bow hunting and fly fishing, but we explore all of the ways to fill your freezer. You can listen to the Food Afield podcast on Spotify and Apple or wherever you find your podcasts. Welcome to this edition of the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Really happy you are joining us this time around. We're going to do what we love to do, and that is find passionate people in the fly fishing space. And I, I think we hit gold today. We got the jackpot. We got Martha <laughs> Leeming on the line out of Spruce Grove, Alberta, Canada. Martha is a competitive angler, uh, full-time mom, full-time fly fisher, and probably one of the most passionate fly fishers in, in that I have chatted with. Martha, thanks so much for coming on the show today. I really appreciate it. Mark, it certainly is my pleasure. Thank you so very much for having me. So Love it. it's my pleasure. I want to dig back into your history. Okay. So what I, what I like to do on the show is always start at the beginning for you. Um, okay. Walk us through your kind of fly fishing journey, if you will. Where, where did you first kind of discover it and, and how it came to be such a, a big part of your life? Well, it's quite an interesting story. Talking about being in the right place at the right time. Um, I was um, I, I was in a relationship at that time, and this gentleman was a Scottish. Um, he used to do a spinning in Scotland when he was a little boy, and after we got together for a while, he decided to take on fly fishing. And he got the rod, he got the reels, the lines. There was fishing magazines all over the place. Very, very interesting. The guy was really into it. I didn't get it. I was like, what? Well, anyway, <laughs> we were going fishing every weekend. He was there with his gear and stuff. I was with my camping chair and my book and my coffee thinking, oh, my goodness, look at him. Cast, 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 and cast, and nothing. And it was this day, one day, super sunny. It was July, hot, hot. This is back in England, right? Mm -hmm. And super bright sunshine. He he was really upset, you know, Scottish passion. He was very upset. He couldn't catch a fish. He was it's impossible. So I I told him, hold on, we we're supposed to be here relaxing. It's the weekend. Just sit down, chillax, have a coffee, and we carry on. He said, okay. And he was like this and that and complaining. And I was like, oh my goodness. So I walk over to the water and I pick up his fishing rod. And I start moving it and shuffling around like he was doing. Supposed to be casting. <laughs> and of course the fly was not going anywhere. It was just dropping in front of me. However... Little I knew, I got a fish like that. And, and I was like, what should I do? And he was like, what do you do? And we were both <laughs> like, I don't know. And like, post the net. And he was like, okay. So landed the fish. And I was like, oh, that was fun. Then I did the same again. And I did a few times and I got another fish. 
And then he was like, okay, why are you doing that? I said, nothing. I'm just flicking this thing along. And there he goes. I got a fish. I got a pole on the line and then I bullet and got a fish. Anyway. And that was on a spinning, that was on a spinning rod, Martha. No, that was when he took the fly fishing ah. hobby into into consideration. He used to spin in, in Scotland. The the fly fishing was the new thing. Gotcha. Um, anyway, three fish later, he said, "Okay, we're going home." <laughs> <laughs> and and I was I had such a rush. I I loved it. Hmm. I loved it, but I thought, what? That was it. That was that. That was it. It was, it was fun. And shortly after, I started looking at the magazines that were laying around, and more interested in some of his friends that were in the fly fishing world that he met through fly fishing forums. He used to come and visit. That they used to talk about stuff. I ended up buying um, a Shakespeare, fifty pounds. It cost us about equivalent of uh, $25, a Shakespeare fly rod that it was like a broomstick. It was a <laughs> nine foot. <laughs> yeah, I know the one. Nine, you know? Oh, yeah. A nine foot, six weight, and um, hmm. and a little reel. I mean, probably 25 pound reel, like super cheap, and a single floating line. And one day... I would go fishing with him, maybe try to cast, but no way, it was not happening. It was very sporadic fishing, but I had that thing that I was intrigued. Mm. Anyways, that's the part on how I got my fishing going. Mm. But the interesting thing is how I got into <laughs> competition fishing. Yeah, tell us tell is, us that story. How how did that kind of that's another whole other gear, right? <laughs> Yes, absolutely, because Daddy made made it all happen, and that's that's what he made me an angler. Um, so he was this this guy that I was with. He he was going to take part on. I don't know if you're familiar with a big competition in the UK called the European Lexus Championships. Yeah, yeah. Um, this was in two thousand and two. Same year, it was only a few months when I, since I started fishing, supposed to be fishing, and uh, we went along to this competition. He has been reading and planning and everything. Uh, we live in London at that time. We used to live in London, and due to this, we didn't have a car because that would be crazy. So a friend of us took us to the to the Midlands, where the rest, the biggest reservoirs uh, in Europe are. This particular one in a very well-known water called Grafham Water. And we got there, and this this place was huge. I, we used to fish in a eight-acre lake, but this place was massive in comparison to where we used to go. Um. He got in the boat, masses, he was like 150 anglers taking part, boats everywhere, people rushing. And I was like, oh my goodness, where am I going to start fishing when these guys go? I waved goodbye and I saw somebody who is always on the fishing magazines is standing, directing the whole show. And probably you know these guys called John Horsey. <laughs> yeah, we've had John on the show, yeah. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Well, 
So John started talking to somebody around me, but I couldn't see who because I was alone. <laughs> through the, like from the distance, from the jetty, as we call the jetties, um, the, you call it the dock here. So the jetty, he was talking to me and like and making signs. And I think it, I was like, why is he talking to me? He's, he's like his magazines and everything. Why is he talking? And I was like, open water and I drown me in because I don't know why he's telling me. <laughs> I was like, what? Anyway, he came along and uh, he said, are you fishing today? And I said, yes, that's the plan. And he said, well, I need a big favor. Would you be able to get into this boat with this gentleman? His name is Ian. He's really nice. And, um, and fish with him. And I said, I don't know how to fish. I just started. Last night, I learned to make a blood knot. How to touch the fly to the leader. <laughs> I learned last night. And I got a single line and I got fly, fly, five flies in my box. Hmm. I don't know what I have to do. He said, don't worry. Ian will look after you. And I'm like, oh, Okay. Okay, I'll go. Off I went. Got in a boat. I've never been in a boat in my life. My goodness. Really? He was. He, no, never. Huh. Never. No, even a cruise ship boat. Nothing. Hmm. <laughs> and it was really, really funny. It was like a, those boats are about 16 foot uh, column boats. Very, very well designed, very stable. Yeah. But still, when you have never been in a boat, it's quite nerve wracking. Anyway. Got there, done my knot, single fly in England. In competition fishing, you can fish up to four flies. Right. Very different to here. But I didn't know how to do a, um, a dropper. So, of course, single fly, throw it out there. You know, it's, it was like more like a roll cast rather than a proper cast in those days. And I had a fish. And I have never seen a fish that big because the fish that I was fishing for on that eight acre lake, they were about a pound, pound and a half in weight. Mm -hmm. This was about three and a half pounds. Wow. It was wonderful. I I was all over the place, hmm. super bust up. Um, people around me were in different boats and they were looking like, what is she doing? And I'm like, hmm, I don't know what I'm doing. Anyway, I had first fish, I landed. I net it, and in those days, you you kill it. Right. Anyway. Right. Hey, what was what was uh, Ian's last name? He, I think he was he was Ian Fleming, but it okay. would be very difficult for me. Yeah. I've been trying to find him. Yeah, yeah. That's a, was he was I he part a of the of him. He was in the competition. He was in a competition yeah. and he came all the way from Scotland for this competition. Yeah. And despite I do it many, many more times that competition after for huh. many years, I never saw him again. Hmm. Great guy. But I do have a picture of him. Um, that day was pretty special on my fishing well, career, of course. So, so yeah. Martha, mm -hmm. as a competitive angler today and somebody that gets mm -hmm. so much enjoyment out of the pastime, 
If you had mm-hmm. to look back on your journey from then to now, and you had to name a few names mm-hmm. and say, you know, this yeah. person influenced me, I've learned a lot. Who who do you cite as influences? It sounds like maybe John Horsey would be a pretty darn good start. Yes. yes. That day I ended up with two fish. I took my fly off and I gave it to Ian and Ian back up on my fly. And I didn't care. I was happy I had my two fish. I won a prize on the competition as well. And that opened many doors on my life for competition fishing. I had letters of invitation and emails, calls to invite me for competitions from the following year onwards. Hmm. I think John Horsey, Bob Church. Ah, yeah. Simon Kidd. Yeah. um, The Barr Brothers, Craig Barr and Ian Barr. Yeah. A dearest friend of mine, Rob Edmonds. He's he's um, he's he's an angel. He, he's been an angel um, through my fishing career, and many lady females. My dearest uh, late Sue Hunter, who passed away last year. She was like my fishing mom. Yeah. And Sue Sue Shaw, my dearest friend Louise Gala. Um. It's so many names because they have passed through my life in different ways mm-hmm. and different times through my competition. Yeah. Uh, even now, being in here in Canada and fishing competitions, I got a lot of inspiration coming from some of the anglers already, like John Wilkinson, mm. yeah. um, Todd Oshie. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Um and many other people that I see, and I'm like, wow, it's great. I, I just feel so blessed that I am doing this and that I'm meeting all of these wonderful people that have, they feel the same as me. Yeah. So I could go on forever, but probably the names that I told you, like on the top of my head, are the most inspirational mm. for the moment. But I could never do this without my husband, that's for sure. He's my hero. Yes, because somebody has to be in charge when I'm not here. (laughs) Now, what's your husband's name? My husband's name is Richard Lehman. Now, what does Richard do? Is he, well, first off, is he a fly fisher? I assume he probably is. Yes, he is. He is a salmon angler mainly. Okay. And we met through fishing because he was just starting to fish and I was helping him out. I used to work for the Orbis company. Oh. And I was helping him out. Um, I did PR, and I was a fishing and shooting manager for them in the UK for five years. So he came over to ask for some help with some trips to Scotland, um, fishing for salmon. And we just click, and we just get on so well, and he's passionate about Mm -hmm. fishing as much as me. But he doesn't do competitions. He, he's mainly pleasurable and he works a lot. He he works for Finning. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he has been working for Finning for 30, 30 years, all his life, all his career life. That's, so that's, that's a, how he ended up in Canada. That's a great story. So um, now you got to tell our listeners, so your accent, obviously, it's not British. Well, I guess yeah. you could call it Canadian because you never know in Canada. <laughs> but but what, where originally yeah. are you from? Yes, I was born in um, Colombia. 
Okay. And I had be previously I had a more accentuated, uh, accentuated English accent. But then I moved here and I had a baby, yeah. and I started speaking a lot more Spanish. And on top of that, I am not listening to the English accent a lot around me. So I'm right. picking up words like the water and things like that. <laughs> and like, oh, Marta, what are you doing? You're becoming from nowhere, yeah. <laughs> actually. Yeah. So yeah, that's my story. Yeah. I love it. That's good stuff. So now you're you're in and around the area of Spruce Grove, Alberta. I know there's lots of good fly fishing not very far from you, obviously. Uh, actually, I had quite a few people on from your neck of the woods. So I know fly fishing is strong and well in your area. But so, okay, so we, we've, we've touched on your influences. We've touched on kind of how you came to discover fly fishing. Now, I want to get to know you off the water a little bit. You ready for a few different questions that have more to do with your kind of day-to-day? Yeah, sure, sure. Okay, are you, uh, Martha, are you a music person? So if you're headed to, let's say you're driving out to the bow or you're headed to your favorite Mm -hmm. still water, what Mm -hmm. is playing in the truck on the stereo on the way there? (laughs) Guns N' Roses. (laughs) (laughs) ACDC. Um, yeah. massively queen fan, um, old rock, classic rock. I love all music. Yes, we're very much into music in this house, but old music, no doubt. Love it. Awesome. Love it, love it, love it. Yeah, yes. And as loud as I can. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> because you need that power and energy to get out and catch fish. Do you find that helps yes. you before competition too? Like, is, is, yes. there, is there a certain music you might listen to get you kind of pumped up or ready for for a competition it's funny it's like a routine it's not just this it's you know the music i have to wear really nice jeans Mm -hmm. i have to wear really nice clothes when i go fishing i make sure i don't wear a lot of makeup but i like to make sure that i go wearing my lippy and i'm wearing my perfume and i need to feel that I'm ready. No, wait a minute. You're wearing perfect. Mm-hmm. Now, does, okay. You're talking to a guy that doesn't even, <laughs> I don't want bananas near my boat. I don't want, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to fuel up my truck before I hit the water because I'm worried that the, the fish are going to smell something off. You're telling me you got like <laughs> Chanel number five or whatever on. No, come on. Jean-Paul Gaultier. Jean-Paul Gaultier classic. Are you telling me I trout mean, like that? Well, never been a problem. And anybody <laughs> that has ever fished with me knows about the perfume. Um, because funny. we are always going downwind or whatever, right? Yeah. And the perfume just goes. Huh. And everybody's like, you smell nice. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> but yes, no, it ne- never been a problem. I think I think fishing is how you feel. You feel Ooh. that you are in, in control, that you are got power, that you are going to win the competition, that, you're, that even if you are last... You are a winner because you done your best yeah. on that competition. Doesn't matter what. So the best dress, the best dressing up clothes, super nice. Like you know, it's very difficult for a lady to buy clothes for fishing. Undoubtedly, hmm. despite in this country, is a lot more sorts to find. But they always been um, size extra small. It's very difficult to find clothes for me. Right. So. I have to just dig out in different places and stuff, but it has to be right. So I always look the same, to be honest with you, because no many clothes for me that are suitable to go fishing with. 
<laughs> but <laughs> but, uh, but you know, at the same time, it, I, I think you need to feel. You need to feel that you can do it. Yeah. Uh, just not long ago, is my son, he's six. He came up with his song, um, Unstoppable. Sorry, his own, his own what? Sorry. Unstoppable is the song. It's a new oh, song. Oh, it's a song. Oh, sorry. Unstoppable. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. And my son came up with that song. Cool. And, and I hear the lyrics and I feel like, wow. That's the song that I need to listen when I'm having a bad day fishing. Love it. It's never a bad day fishing, but yeah, it's uh, so powerful. I really encourage you to, anybody who's listening, to just listen to the song. It's a bit crazy, but but it's so powerful. It just pumps you up. <laughs> Martha, what what would you say? Like you just kind of hit on something that I talk about. We talk about on the show a fair bit is that positive mindset, like. If you feel mm-hmm. good about what you're doing, you're going to catch more fish. And the minute you start feeling off and you start doubting yourself, it's like you might as well just sit on the shore. You know what I mean? I, I don't know how to verbalize that, but I just know that when you don't feel good about what you're throwing out there, nothing's going to work. That's right. I completely agree. And I met some grumpy people that I've been thrown in the boat, you know. And some of them catch a fish and I'm like, in my head, I'm, he got a good garden angel. I mean, he, he's lucky with that attitude and he's catching fish how he does it. Because it's just for some people, sometimes things in life just don't go right. And it's understandable. It's like fishing for that. Mm-hmm. It's not called catching, it's fishing. You probably heard this many times before. Yep. And it's frustrating. And it's days when it's super windy and you shorten your leader and you shorten your droppers and it gets knots and your you life just goes misery and you just want to scream. It's totally mm. okay. It's fishing. <laughs> but the whole thing is you keep, you have to keep positive. Oh, it's no point for us to do this. If you are not, if you're going to lose your head and remember the beginning, I said about my ex-husband, I said, we're supposed to do this for fun. <laughs> this is what you're supposed to love. Just don't lose it. Just chill, breathe, deep breathing, have a cigarette, have a joint. I don't know what people do. <laughs> have a sip. Funny enough, not long ago, I won a competition in Birch Lake and they told me, well, what were the, the tactics? And I said, well, I brought a hip flask and I don't drink a lot, but I broke a hip, I brought a hip flask with me and I had a little bit of a slow gin, which is um, an English drink. And it's slow berries mixed with gin and mature in bottles for a few years. And that's what I brought to the competition and I won it. (laughs) And they said, how? And I said, well, I don't know. It's just, I suppose I was more relaxed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I feel that. Yes, positive attitude, positive attitude and happy and seeing what you love. And you are there fishing against people, but it's not about against people. It's about fishing against the fish and the elements and you're going to catch a fish give it a kiss and put it back love it and say thank you so much and just be happy and yes i'm always happy that's a good Mm. quote right there so (laughs) let's talk (laughs) patterns martha so if let's let's go to the still water because i know you fish a lot of locks lock style Mm -hmm. fishing and 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 you've got some serious competitions coming down the pipe here um one go-to pattern now i don't want you to give away all your secrets but if you (laughs) more often than not 
if you're reaching oh. for something out of that fly box, what's your kind of go-to on the still? Wow, that's that's a big question for somebody who normally fishes for flies in, as a as a group. At, at once, yeah. See, I can't do that, so I can't even. I wish I could. No, it's it's okay. It's great to be able to fish a single fly in busy competition because it, it's a challenge. It's always a challenge. Okay, I think the fly, and many people are probably going to shoot me for this, but when you get to know this particular fly, you can actually understand how versatile it can be. This could be a minnow, this could be a nymph, this could be a, um, a chromonet, this could be a lure, this could be a wet fly or a dry fly if you wanted to. Hmm. I think I and know where you're going. it's a single fly. Okay, yeah? let's hear it. And it's a booby. Oh, that's not where I thought you were going. I thought you were going to say like a doll back or something like that. Oh, well, that's my second best plan. <laughs> but <laughs> the booby is so versatile. I fish in Ireland with Irish style with Irish people. And I fish it like a dry right on top of the water and I go fish. On a booby. They couldn't believe it. On a booby. Yeah, it's fun. And they were putting the drives on, right? That's funny you said that. We've had some really good luck doing that too, and people look at me like I'm crazy, but mm-hmm. I don't know why. What do you think they're taking it as? Any ideas? Yes, well, I got some conclusions. Um, I believe if you fish it slow, it can come across like um, like a lure of some kind. Mm-hmm. If you fish it really fast, you are not only triggering the fish's instinct, the fish instinct of feeding you are you are making the fish angry and they are so so the aggression of the fish when you fish it fast is an instinct when somebody throws something at you you always turn around and try to avoid it or catch it or whatever Mm -hmm. a fish is no different than us they got an instinct they just go for it and take it Hmm. however not all the fish are super aggressive however normally it can work very well. If you fish it with two more flies, in my case, like the washing line method, which is two flies in the middle and the booby on the point creates a different presentation of the flies in the water. That's a pretty good method to fish slow or fast or whatever, or even put the booby on the top dropper and put the rest of the flies in the bottom. So they chase the top fly and they take the other flies. Mm, yeah, yeah. It's so many ways to fish a booby. That's because it's so versatile. That's what I think is my favorite fly. What is your go-to color in that pattern? Well, that depends. Season, water that you're fishing, water clarity. Yeah. Same as the color of the eyes on the booby. How big they are. Big eyes, smaller eyes. You know. Mm. I think. Ah. Uh, for the moment, let's say black. Okay. Black or the cocktail booby. Yeah. As well, it's pretty good. Yeah, I but know. But again, different sizes. Mm-hmm. I know where I'm at. That's a that's a very popular pattern, uh, like the tequila, the tequila booby. Yeah. What, what's that noise? I'm sorry. That's my dog. I got two pointers. Oh, actually, I saw that on your Instagram. So <laughs> did you? And most well, most fly fishers I know are also dog people. So, um, do you guys do you guys hunt with the pointers, or are they just good family dogs? 
uh, we they are great family dogs and uh, they are they have been they have been trained to hunt but unfortunately we do like english style um shooting rather than hunting right so these dogs haven't had the opportunity of course because we're in canada so we just have them as pets but we do train them for shooting so we do the whole mimic of picking and retrieving and flashing the birds and stuff with them hmm. yeah yeah how many dogs how many dogs you got two yep. two of them nice. the crazy and the normal there, there's I a crazy one not so crazy <laughs> there's a crazy and a not so crazy yes okay yes, got it sir. favorite place martha to talk fly fishing so like when you're not in your waders and we know winters mm-hmm. this side of the 49th can be pretty cold and long and so sometimes mm-hmm. we need to get our fix on fly fishing but we can't actually get out there where do you mm-hmm. get your fix like is it social media for you is there a fly shop a brew pub, where do you get your fix when you're not in your waders? Well, luckily enough, I met a very nice um, guy here who likes competition fishing. He's from Ireland, and he's as obsessed as myself about fishing. So now we're taking ice fishing. <laughs> so ah, okay. we just go ice fishing and talk about the fishing that we are going to do in autumn, spring, and, and summer. But... Um, I do like pubs. I miss the English pubs, no doubt. Yeah. Um, and that was where we used to hang out after the competitions. And I really loved that bit. You start talking about how, how big the fish was, the one that you lost and, you know, and it gets bigger as you drink, of course. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, um, I remember going to the river, going to the river. Yeah. River mm-hmm. Avon one time and, and there was a pub, I think it's called like the, the Avon or something. It's right on the river and it was like everyone in there was into fishing. Mm-hmm. Fly fishing or rugby specifically, I remember, but yeah, mm-hmm. the that pub scene mm-hmm. is a is a special kind of scene, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's very much hand to hand to the British mm. um culture. The pub, the Sunday lunch in the pub, yeah. the beer on Friday afternoon. After work, um, the family does, the dogs are welcoming pups. There's many things, there, there's many things like that that surround about pups. Yeah. Um, and it's a history, it's the history and the, the beauty of some of these uh, amazing places as well. It's yeah. not only for drinking, it's just socially, it's divine. Yeah. It really is, it's the experience. Mm-hmm. Now, are you, are you a sports person? I always like to ask kind of who is the team that you cheer (laughs) for so maybe it's columbia soccer maybe it's uh you know i don't know maybe it's an alberta team whether it's hockey or football is there Mm -hmm. is there a team that you pull for when you know you're watching sports yes that is of course england and columbia in the least we don't we don't do much soccer in this country in canada but I do support England. I'm a big fan of a team in the UK called Chelsea. Yeah. It's the Chelsea FC. Probably you have, you guys have heard of it. Oh, yeah. That's, it's not the best team. It's not quite Manchester United or anything, but eh, it's okay. Hmm. We plug along, and I love that. I love uh, Formula One. Oh, okay. Um, I like to watch snooker in television. <laughs> huh. 
and I would love to play golf, but I don't have a clue how to do it. <laughs> One day when I get some time, maybe. Yeah, well, um, there's another rabbit hole, right? It's like fly fishing. It's like, man, you get into that. It's 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 yeah. en- it's endless journey. I just feel so antisocial. All my neighbors golf. Yeah. I feel like they just when they are going to drop me, they all go together, and then I'm there is me with my boat. My guys have fun <laughs> golfing, and they they rifle hammered in the evening, and then I arrive in bed going like, okay, let me put the boat away. <laughs> you know, the, one thing I find about fly fishers, most of them, not all of them, but most of them do golf. At least at least that's been my experience. <laughs> um, yes, I heard. If, I heard. if you had to think about why you spend all this time on the water, like, and for me, this is kind of the whole reason I started this show. It's why? Why do you spend mm-hmm. all this time chasing fish, tying flies? Um competition angling what what does it do for you in in your words well i i used to do it for the social thing and for the rush especially the competitions you arrive you meet somebody you are stuck with this person in a boat for eight hours how fabulous or maybe not who knows and you talk all day about fishing and then you leave they have to take you out at 6 p.m and then you go and then you go to a pub to come and talk about fishing. So it's a social thing. It used to be. In my mind, it used to be like that. But now that I got my son, um, I realize that is the only time in my life when I actually sit down and concentrate in a single thing and I don't think about anything else. Uh, so over the years, I realized yeah. the relaxation, the disconnect. The, to disconnect to everything mm-hmm. and to enjoy it and be in the pressure and to know that I can do it. Like I said, after having a kid, is your life is kind of over. You know, you go it's, Well, it's not, it's not over, but it, yeah, I know, I know, I know what That's you mean. That's how you see it. Yeah. That's how I saw it. Well, like, especially oh when they're young, it's everything, right? Yeah. Yes. Does, I didn't fish for, for years. I didn't fish for seven years. Does your son fish? Have you got your son out fly fishing? Of course. He was looking for a fishing rod today. He wants another one. He got <laughs> um, four, four spinning rods. And he just got his first fly fishing rod. Um, well, if you work for really or- Orvis, you better get him in an Orvis fly rod one of these days. Yes, of course. Actually, I'm going to visit head office in the UK in October when I come over. I need to bring some rods that unfortunately got broken yeah. by fish in BC because those fish were amazing, but they just yeah too powerful. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll get something. <laughs> there's definitely some 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 roided as I like to call them roided up fish. They're just there's some 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 big fish in in this neck of the woods. I know I know you're going to be so t- talk to me about your your competitive angling because what are you doing with that these days i know that there's some comps in in and around where you're at but kind of bigger Mm -hmm. picture what do you got going on in the competitive scene right now okay so right now i start the competition fishing again after seven years in this country i started in pretty much this time last year was my first and only competition and this year i started doing more provincial provincial competitions so 
right now, this weekend coming, I'm going to the provisional, the sorry, the provincial fall championships, and uh, that's over two days. Saturday will be in Dolberg Lake, up in Barhead, and Sunday will be close to my house, about twenty minutes in Spring Lake. So, so we shall see. Is there a little home, home field advantage on Spring Lake? Well, spring is, is I love a spring, but spring is incredibly temperamental. So we shall see. <laughs> yeah, I always think, though, that that local knowledge is so important. Yes, I, I, I think, same again, positivism is what you know, what you believe in. You know that you have fish that water, you've been in there, you got fish. You never know with fishing, but when you got that confidence and you got that positivism when you are in the water because you already know it, then you go better chance. I think it's a still mental power. Mm. Yeah. All mental and, and keep positive and just go like, oh yeah, I've been in here before. This is my local. You know how some competition anglers walk really hard? Well, any angler, many, many of different anglers in the world, they walk like super straight and like three meters tall. <laughs> That's confidence. They know what they're, some of them, they, they, they just yeah. know what they're doing and it shows with results as well. And it's brilliant yeah. because they believe in themselves more than the water, but knowing the water helps for sure. Yes. Mm. Fill in the blank for me. When I'm not fly fishing, I'm usually doing what? Uh-huh. <laughs> what am I doing? Family, family and friends. Family and friends. Mm. Mm. It's mainly, yes. The little one keeps me pretty occupied. Yeah, well, between I'm... two dogs and a, and a, and a seven-year-old, that's probably going to keep you going, right? <laughs> Indeed, yes. And my husband works a lot. Um, so, and we're alone in this country. So, yes, it's, it's pretty intense busyness, but yeah. hey. You know, we'll we'll do it. We'll do it. Mm-hmm. What's okay? What is the best job you have ever had? No, I know you 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 worked for Orvis for years. Now you're full time mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got this competitive angling thing going on. But what's the best job you've had so far? The best paid job? No, not paid. Not paid. But no? what did okay. you? What did? What did you? like doing the most? Um, I fished for the England team for seven years. Huh. And for me being born in Colombia and qualified to be in a team and be treated as an asset for the country to compete, that was that's my biggest thing ever. I will always carry it. I am going to try to fish for Canada next year. Now, this is my new adopted country, and I love it. Hmm. And and I look forward to to represent this country if possible, as well as I did for England. But England was very special because, like I said, this represents where you live. It represents where you are. Mm-hmm. And that's, that has been my biggest um, accomplishment. Yeah. I've been national champion. You can edit this if you want. I don't care. It's, national champion, international champion, things like that, that is just titles. But to be able to go to another country and represent your country, hmm. that to me is, is been 
wow. And every single year for those seven years felt so special that I will always carry that. And if I get to do that in Canada, I will feel the same. I'm sure it's super special. Very, very big job. I love it. Big boots to feel as well. Yes. Yeah, well, something, tell, something tells me I'm sure you will. Um, let's let's flip this. Thank you. What's the worst job you've ever had? <laughs> the worst job? Yeah. Okay. What did you do that you're like, I don't want to do this again? Hmm, I think need to th- I always love what I do, and I'm so blessed. I have done a lot of things. I work in a pub. I lasted a week, but I loved it. <laughs> I, I'm nobody good at putting pints. Um, at some point, when I was studying in uni, there was girls who would have to go back to the to their families, and they used to do cleaning on the site yeah. as a job. Yeah. And when they go, I would I would replace them with the most pleasure because I love cleaning. It's one of my things, cleaning. And he, and yes, and I was very lucky to enjoy it. And, and I did with pleasure. Probably that was the worst job to the eyes of everybody else. <laughs> but to me, I enjoy it. I, 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 I don't think there is such a thing as a bad job. I just, huh. you're so lucky to have a job, whatever you do. Yeah. I love it. Yes. That's that positive mm. attitude coming through again. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. It's, um, uh, I think even the bad experiences, you need to take them as a blessing. Yeah. You are where you are for where you have been. So Yeah. Learning yeah. and yeah. learning opportunities, right? Like I, I love Absolutely. talking. The reason I like talking careers, jobs, things you've done, things you hated, things you loved, it makes mm-hmm. you what you are. And, and I think yes. the more diverse that is, the more I find that. I find it fascinating for some reason. What, it what, is. You know. It is. Absolutely. It's how you direct that energy. If you mm. had a terrible childhood, bad things happen to you, you need to keep that and be strong and look forward and see, I went through that, I need to transform it. What am I going to do to make it better? Do I want to choose to live like that? Or do I want to learn from it and go the other way? Mm. And it's things like that. You just always, we're, we're in this world to to create an evolution into your into your life, into the life of the world. The universe is just what we are. Good stuff. Get better. Mm-hmm. I, I want you to harness your inner artist and paint uh-huh. us a picture of your perfect day. So um, wow. walk us through your dream day. Like you get up in the morning, you're headed out to your favorite piece of water. Everything goes just right. Who are you fishing with? Are you drinking a coffee in the morning? Are you, you know, what kind of trout are you throwing for? Or Paint us a picture. What does that look like in your mind? Okay, well, <laughs> that's, um, that's a tough one. That's a very difficult one, Mark. And the reason is because so many different things. Um, I... I got experience of fishing in the Bahamas in Sao Andres for bonefish. And we went to a fishing lodge where everything was about fishing. It was amazing, an amazing place. People were arriving in helicopters. It's exclusively designed for eight guests. guests. And they just, they were amazing. And you just talk about fishing. 
go bone fishing. And that's how I visualize. So I wake up in this morning in this amazing Caribbean sunrise. And you see the boats, the guys getting the boats ready and you are having some amazing food just outside. Get out in the water, super high waves. Those boats, super powerful. Really good people around you, locals. They do anything for that tip that you are going to give them at the end of the day. And they love fishing. So it's not just about the money. It's about the passion for fishing and it's for the passion to get you the fish. So off you go, wherever they take you. And you stand there, calm water, get in the water. Nothing happens. Super blue and green water. Beautiful. Nothing to see around. Maybe you see the old shark and then the fish go hairy and you run to the other side and the shark follows you, but it's okay. It's all worth it. You are going to catch a bone fish. <laughs> and then you cast this line. You, you're casting, casting all the time and you see a shoal of fish passing. You just see like a cloud, like a dark cloud in the water and you cast to it and you retrieve super fast. Choo, choo, choo. And then you get that fish come taking the fly. You actually see the mouth of the fish. If they're close enough, taking the fly. And you you cannot strike because that's the thing. You cannot strike. You need to let the fish take it. And you're sweating cold, just waiting for it to happen when you actually are able to strike. That's amazing. You fish all day. You have a lovely lunch on an island somewhere. And then you get back to the shore. They receive you in the water with some little wet towels. So nice with a beer. And then you talk about fishing. And you do that for seven days straight. That's one of my best experiences of fishing. And with my beautiful husband. That's just amazing. That's, but in so, general. So you've actually mm -hmm. done that. So you didn't make this up, yeah. did you? No, that was exactly, I can send you pictures. Yeah, that sounds amazing. <laughs> no, it's just amazing. It was beautiful. Hmm. But that's once in a lifetime, or maybe twice, or maybe three times. I bought that holiday for my husband for his 50th birthday. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. So what, what what's really in the hip flask? Okay. Hip flask is slow gene, which uh, slow is... Um, <laughs> Um, not many people probably know this. Slow gin is a little berry that you pick up anywhere around England. And after the first frost, you need to pick them up. No later, no before. You have to wait for that first frost. Pick it up the next day. We pick up buckets and buckets of them. Then take them home, wash them, do a cross on the end of the berry, mm -hmm. stick them in a bottle, Fill it up with gin, put some sugar on, and you have to put it lined down on 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 a flat surface. Right. You have to mix it every single day, twice a day for a week. Then every single day mix it for a month, and then every two weeks for a year. <laughs> I know <laughs> it's a labor I, of love. Okay? I'm like, what? Okay. <laughs> I know. I know. Is, it, so is, this a, is this a seven-year drink? How long does it take to make this drink? Well, my latest, my <laughs> you can have an an annually, annual. Um, oh. You can have it annually, like annual celebration of it. Huh. But um, 
with Richard, we tried to keep the longest possible. So our last slow gene that we brought back was 10 years old. Huh. And we just finished the bottle. I finished I finished out the competition the other day in a little hip flask. So that's the go-to. But when it is no slow gene, I like to drink sherry. Yeah. What, mm-hmm. what do those berries taste like? Like what kind of, what's the flavor of those berries? Is it like the a gin gin flavor? Are bitter. Okay. No, I, I, it's funny. I don't like gin at all. Huh. It, it doesn't taste like gin. I don't. I don't have much sugar in my diet as well. I take a stevia, so it's sweet, but it's not sweet. You know what, Mark? Yeah. We need to go fishing so you can try it. <laughs> Sign <laughs> me up. No, that's Absolutely. good stuff. Absolutely. So it's, it's 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 just a little bit sweet. Like the best comparison is sherry. Drinking sherry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My 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 parents are from the Midlands, so I've had oh, my I've had my fill of sherry. <laughs> oh, of course. I'll, you mentioned before in one of your podcasts that your parents were British. Yes. yes. Correct. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. if this is kind of a philosophical question, but um, is there anything, Martha, that kind of irks you about fly fishing or like? you're the perfect person to ask this. Like, is there anything in your mind as a group we could be doing better? I mean, I think the, the reason I ask this is like fly fishing has evolved. It's changed the last, like I've been doing this for 50 years. Well, 40, mm-hmm. say 45. And it's changed the last, the last 10, 15 years, totally changed the last five years. I feel like we've really been on this kind of, um, curve where there's a lot of people getting into the space, kind of like when River Runs Through It came out, it felt like all oh, yeah. of a sudden everyone gravitated to it. <laughs> I feel yeah. like we're still riding a wave like that, and I don't know why. Maybe maybe I, maybe it's just me. But what where where are we at as a group in your mind, Martha? Well, I see the evolution. I have seen the evolution in the last last few years, like yourself. Yes, and I agree. The tackle industry has gone crazy. Uh, the, the flies are going crazy. It's, it's gone such a long way. But same again. Doesn't matter how many flies you go to, how many lines, the fish is the boss. Hmm. If there is something that I would like to to change about fly fishing, you know, that I would like to improve this, Maybe the approach for the angler, standard angler to competition fishing. Many people think that we're just a bunch of egocentric people walking to the water thinking that we know better because we go fishing competitions or that we don't care about the fish, which is so away from the truth. We spend so much time in the water as well. Um, That would be one of the things, but as an angler in general, just awareness. I can never be more in touch with people and awareness towards if they fish for sangles, for, excuse me, for salmon, please be careful with the gravel beds. Please be aware of the nature. This is our future. This is our fish. I don't kill fish if I don't have to. Very rarely kill a fish. I just really, the the awareness to the environment, but I, I, don't think as a sport, I just think we just evolve to whatever it comes. It's, it's a great sport. I want everybody to try it at least once in their life. Mm. I never get demortalized by it because 
It's not chocolate. It's not like everybody wants it, but <laughs> it's such a special. I love talking about fishing. And Martha, that's that's the second time you brought up chocolate. I think. Oh. Do, are you are you a big chocoholic here? What's going on? <laughs> I believe um, chocolate is a big thing. Everybody loves chocolate. My house in England, in yeah. the Midlands, yeah. is called the Chocolate House. Because it's the house, it's all black and white, and it's a bank conversion. So we call it like that because it's the one that you really shouldn't have the house. Like it's too much hassle, it's too much work, but you still can't resist it. You need it to buy the house. Everything that is like that is described as chocolate. <laughs> you, chocolate is lovely. It's yummy. I love chocolate. Like I said, I don't. Are we talking sugar, dark like chocolate. chocolate? Are we talking dark chocolate? Are we talking milk chocolate? Are we talking what are we talking? Anything, any, hmm. with bits, without bits, with peanuts, without peanuts, with raisins, without them. Hmm. Dark chocolate, ninety-five percent cocoa, seventy-five. Ah, I I I like chocolate. <laughs> I don't eat it very often, but I really do like do you, chocolate. Do you have it in the in the boat with you or on the river? Yes. Big thing in this country, Henry bars. I love Henry bars. Oh, Henry's. Yes. Oh, I love yeah. them. Yeah. And I take them to the in the boat. And I always bring one for my boat partner as well in the competition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I grew up on those things. <laughs> yeah. It's so yummy. Yeah, <laughs> so I hear good. you. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. <laughs> um, you yeah. mentioned to me before we kind of started chatting that... Um, you were involved uh, or you have been involved with casting for recovery. I I'd love to talk yeah. about that because I know we, we had the gang from casting for recovery on, on an earlier show. And mm -hmm. I, I was at the, I was at the fly fishing show in, in the stateside in, in Washington and mm -hmm. uh, met somebody there that was with casting for recovery. And I thought, what an amazing group. And, and mm -hmm. we kind of, dove into that rabbit hole and, and kind of um, donated a bunch of rods and whatnot, um, blanks. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Walk me through, tell me a little bit about that organization and, and, and what you have been doing with those guys. Well, I got, um, I got involved with Casting for Recovery when it arrived to, um, to, to the UK. It was uh, England and Ireland, Scotland and Wales. Um, they, they, my friend from the England team, Sue Hunter, she was a, a twice recovered lady from uh, breast cancer and she find out fly fishing due to, to her recovery through cancer. And then she got into, in touch with the organization in the States. Which after many meetings and stuff, they got, they got her the allowance and the rights to bring up custom for recovery in the UK. That was the times when I was hanging out a lot with her and I didn't know much about it, about breast cancer and the amazing, the amazing results that he brought for the lives to, to the lives for so many women and what it's about. Um, so I got going to some of the retreats organized by this organization. And I, at the end, I got so heavily involved that I was using my work holidays 
only and exclusively to go to the casting recovery, hmm. the casting for recovery retreats. That's awesome. To help, I ended up doing equipment coordinator, and due to that, I met the the manager director for Orbis, who saw me guiding to the side of the water, and he said, "We we started talking," and he said, "I would really want you to work for me." And that's how I got with Orvis. Hmm. Um, casting for recovery. When you say about the best job that you had, that was always in my head, like CFR, yeah. CFR. Yeah. But not many people know about it. It's like it's it's like amazing, and I'm not doing it now. But the years that I did it, it was so fulfilling, and I gained some great friends. Some of them already fish. A lot came out of these retreats and the change of life and the approach for me towards life after meeting these girls. Yeah. And their and their love for fishing after. It's been amazing. It's been it's it's just you really need to leave it and you need to be there. Hmm. And it's just I'm out of breath just thinking about it. It's yeah. so fulfilling. My chest kind of fills up just yeah. thinking about and anybody can find any information on, online a little bit to, to what it's about. It's an amazing charity, and I feel very blessed and very lucky that, that I got involved with them. Yeah, well said. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to kind of flip over to the rods now. I want to know, and now this kind of out of left field, but I know obviously you worked with Orvis. We talked about that. So mm-hmm. I'm a big Orvis fan. I got, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, Congratulations. I, I, yeah. I'm a, I got a Helios three that I just, I love oh. that rod. It is so light, Brilliant. but I, I also have echoes and, 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 uh, Reddington's and, uh, yeah. St. Croix. I don't know. Name, a, name a brand. I probably fished it, but mm-hmm. I, I, what do you like to fish? And I, I say that not to sell anything, but I'm I'm curious as somebody that does this competitively, what's your go-to rod? Like, what, I mean, I'm sure you have more than one, but what do you like to throw? Yeah. Well, my go-to rod is one that they don't make anymore, unfortunately, but it was designed in the Midlands in the UK. And it's called the Western Tree. Yeah. I use uh, normally for lakes. I use ten foot seven wide rods. I got six six of the same rods because I love them so much, and it's pretty uh, fast action. It's tip flex. It's a matte brown color which suits massively. Like you, I got things that I say, "Oh, the fish may see the shininess on my <laughs> on my rod." Yeah. <laughs> you hey. know? For sure. And things like that. Yeah, that's my, my main rod. But I use the Helios one, the first Helios created. I yeah. use that a lot. Yeah. Super sensitive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. And mm. you do you like the 10-foot rod? Yes, that's yeah. what I use mainly. 9-foot, 6, 10-foot. Yeah. And I normally use 6, 7, and 8 weight. 6, 7, 8. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love it. And and obviously, you probably get a lot of wind, like especially where you're at now. I would imagine that uh, that longer, slightly heavier rod is probably not a bad thing in some of those winds you get coming off the Rockies. Yes, I'm a little girl, so I need I need some extra extra thing going on to 
throw the line out there. Um, so I need a little bit of a faster action. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Have you... And I am kind of obsessive with casting. I like to throw a full line out. Yeah. What about <laughs> so, lines? Yeah. Talk to me about lines. Is there a brand, a company you kind of, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's Scientific Anglers or Rio or whatever you choose to use, what do you like to throw? Well, definitely airflow. Like airflow. 100% all the way through. There is no one airflow line that I don't like. Hmm. They're incredibly good. Many people think about the quality, but I mean, I think the quality on the lines, I'm not talking about airflow, the quality on the lines in general, but I think airflow pretty much suits me. I use some snowy lines as well. Yeah. But um, I had a couple of Rio lines in the past. I got a Rio gold floating line. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. But it, it's it, with this weather here, with the cold water, sometimes it doesn't adapt so well. They were designed in the States in a very different way than how we live here. Huh. So, yeah, Airflow and Snowby mainly. Snowby, that not that a British company, Snowby? Yes, indeed. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I grabbed mm-hmm. one of their jackets at a show years ago. I love it. It's so warm and water, really? waterproof. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yep. we get very cold, very cold in the water in the UK. So, so yeah, yeah these suits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have you had anything bizarre happen to you in your time on the water, chasing trout all over the planet? Like, is there anything, mm-hmm. if I were to ask you, and we have all got these crazy fish stories and they don't always come to mm-hmm. front of mind because you're out there so much, but if you had mm-hmm. to look back and go, yeah, you, you're not going to believe this, but this really happened. Anything, <laughs> anything you want to dial us in on? Um, let's see. What crazy story. Wildlife encounters or um, scary well, scary boat seen. partners. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think the scary boat partners you, you come across and you just have to forget about it. <laughs> but um, probably I, I was fishing in veal water the south of the UK once, and uh, and a fish jumped out of the water and slapped my boat partner on the face. <laughs> And it was hilarious because it was like a man, right? Like a geek, something. It was so strange. You just hear the in the air. We both turned around and this fish just went and slapped this person in the face. <laughs> and we were like, we were in shock. What, what was that? <laughs> that was that was that was one. And I think the other one that just came across is um uh, on this trip that I told you fishing for for um, bone fish in yeah. the Bahamas. Yeah. Yes, I had a shark, a lemon shark coming towards me when I was fishing. And I had a fish on and I was walking backwards and it's a very sandy bottom, bottom and you know you got your special wading shoes for salt water but it's still you sink and <laughs> you can even have that sinking. And I was walking backwards and backwards, and they said, yes, splash, splash the water with a rod, and I was doing everything, nothing. And this fish was obsessed. It was just coming, coming over. It was like five foot away from me, and a guy came out of nowhere and stood on the fish, and the fish went away. But I, I actually, that's the closest that I have seen me 
going like, what am I doing this for? But um, yeah, that's kind of the two things that I found kind of funny and memorable, but unusual. Yes, that lemon shark, mm -mm. I don't know what his problem was, but he was not having a good day. (laughs) <laughs> well, probably didn't probably didn't help that you had a bonefish on that was struggling and kind of swimming around. <laughs> right. Yes, well, the bonefish was a long way away as well, and I uh, lost the bonefish too. Oh, I was so disappointed. <laughs> well, you know what, Martha? I really love what you're up to, and I'm really glad that our mutual buddy, uh, Deb Pascal, called, called, well, she DM'd me and said, hey, you need to get Martha Leeming on your show. This gal yeah. is totally in in into our pastime and competitive angler knows your stuff and um mm-hmm. a good soul and i i appreciate you coming on the show today and sharing your story with us a little bit wow you're so kind mark the pleasure is mine thank you so much for your time and and for your interest yes anytime let's go fishing give us a call what is going on put in put a new friend over here Sign me up. We've been chatting tonight with Martha Leeming out of Spruce Grove, Alberta, Canada, um, competitive fly fisher. Uh, Thanks so much for joining us this time around. The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by theflycrate.com. Thank you for listening to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Your feedback matters. Let us know if there's a person or topic you'd like discussed. Email us at mark at flyfishing97.com. Until next time, tight lines and we'll see you on the water.